Hi everyone, this is Jen and Sam and welcome to our podcast Miracle Mindset. Where we give you our unsolicited, probably unwanted advice. But if you want to become the best version of yourself, start believing in yourself a little bit more, then tune in every Sunday for the podcast. Cheers. Bye. Welcome back to another episode of Miracle Mindsets. I'm so excited because we have a guest on today. So it's Cece. You might know her on Instagram as Vibing with Cece, but she talks all everything quantum physics, energy. She's a singer. She's multifaceted. Um, So I'm so grateful, Cece, to have you on. I'll start off with the question I usually ask all guests. So how did you get started in this space? I feel like you never just come into this space. I feel like there's always kind of like a reason. Oh, yeah. I definitely was pushed into this space. I didn't even know it was a space to be pushed into. (laughs) I was shocked. I was in my senior year of college and I felt really unhappy, unfulfilled, but I could not understand why. I was in a three-year relationship with a really good guy. I always have done well in school. If you looked at my life, it looked like I was fine, but I did not feel okay at all. And I guess because all of my ducks were in a row physically, I knew something was wrong internally. But of course, I didn't have the tools to figure that out. So I ended up asking my partner then we need to go up on a break or something like I need to find myself I don't know who I am I don't know who I am as an adult without you in my life I need to figure that out I just assumed it's probably him that's the problem (laughs) because it can't be me so I tried to break up with him uh then I couldn't break up with him I realized that I couldn't detach from him I couldn't stop texting him I I couldn't remove him from my life and it got very unhealthy for us both. We would talk here and then there and then get into fights. And it was going in a, in a very negative direction. And finally, thank God, looking back, he said, we can't do this anymore. And he cut off communication with me. And that was probably the most one of the most painful moments in my life because I was thinking that this person is my best friend. They would never hurt me. Even though I said I want to go on a break, him ending it with me just triggered every codependent, anxious attachment wound I could have had, abandonment wound. And I remember I I just couldn't stop crying every single day. To, when I would wake up to when I would go to sleep, I was hysterically crying. I literally... I created by accident a rash on my face beneath my eyes because my tears were so acidic for my skin and I'm like very pale if you know me and it was just too much tears on my skin and I had a rash. It was just a whole bunch of things and finally I could not figure out how to get better. I it, I thought, oh, time heals all. Time does not heal all. It's what you do with the time and mm. finally I my mom took me to this psychologist and I remember sitting in the office with her and I didn't really know her. And she looked at me and she said, Cece, I think you have the ability to transcend. I think you can get out of this. And she told me to read the book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And I read it and that book changed my life. Meeting her, her telling me to read that book 
it all changed my life. That was the first time I realized I'm not my thoughts. I'm just observing my thoughts. I am experiencing my thoughts. And then COVID happened. So I didn't have to really go to school anymore. I just did it online. I had a bunch of free time. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And for the first time, I felt like I wasn't stuck in some identity, which was such a blessing. The only identity I really had was like A plus student and girlfriend. And I wasn't really going to school anymore because of COVID and I wasn't a girlfriend anymore. So I kind of just felt lost, but it was perfect. And it really just allowed me to dive into having all this free time, dive into the gateway process, which was all about manifestation. That's what the US government, I don't know if you know about that, but it was this whole entire .gov document that talks about manifestation that they try to hide, but now it's released. And I dived into quantum physics and I dived into my connection with God. And there is where I found my true identity, my authentic self and my purpose. And that's sort of how I got here. Then I just jumped on TikTok and started talking, then became a certified life coach. And the journey continued. It is amazing, isn't it? Like I think... Honestly, sometimes, especially when you're in your twenties or like you've you've got a relationship, like it's what I think the world pushes you to get into. Like you'll be complete when you find love. You'll be complete when you know you've got somebody else. Like you've got your life partner. I feel like it's so pushed on us. And then there's that period where like you have to choose yourself. And I think that it's it's one of the scariest things, but it's also one of the biggest blessings because you have no choice to find yourself like do you think that when you were talking there about codependency and things how did you think that you developed codependency and then how did you end up breaking the codependency cycle yeah oh I know exactly how it came about and I will tell you I also love how you said he really taught me how to choose myself because he didn't give me a choice. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we don't realize that someone leaving our life is the greatest gift they can give us because they're teaching us a lesson that we didn't know how to learn on our own. And we think relationships are supposed to be rainbows and butterflies, but really what are intimate relationships supposed to teach us? They are supposed to teach us the hardest lessons, how to go back home to ourselves, how to release all the insecurity, how to release the faulty programming. And that doesn't always feel good because it's a windy road to get there. So I just want to make a point to say that intimate relationships are going to be your greatest love and your greatest trigger, accept both of those paths and let them be because you will find so much of yourself through that process. With the codependency, so I had no idea, but it wasn't until I started to learn about codependency and I made it my job to learn every single anxious attachment theory, um, to learn about all the attachment systems in general. And what I found is that the relationship you have with the caregiver, you crave the love from the most growing up, is the one that you will copy and paste over and over and over again in your intimate relationships in your adulthood. Because as a child, you feel very powerless in that dynamic. Maybe you really want their love, but 
They're always working. And so you now have created this subconscious template that, okay, in relationships, how should I act? I always have to put that other person first because they're never going to have time for me. So I'm going to put them on the pedestal and make them the subject of my life. So then what do you do when you're an adult? You take your relationship template that you learned with that caregiver and you copy and paste it. Who are you subconsciously going to be attracted to but the person who is a workaholic or maybe an alcoholic or whatever it may be, the person who doesn't really have time for you, that's who you're going to be attracted to. And that's the dynamic you're going to want. And I always say it's not about the dude. It's about the dynamic they offer that we're so addicted to emotionally. And when we can see dynamics for what they are, we can free ourselves from them. So I realized, oh, this doesn't have to do with my partner. It has to do with the relationship I had with my mom. Growing up, my mom was, she still is my best friend. She really is. I was glued to her hip and I, we were just obsessed with each other. And this didn't teach me how to regulate my own emotions. This Mm. didn't teach me to have my own identity. So when I was in a relationship, like I said, my only identity really was being a girlfriend. Growing up, my identity, I felt like I was just my mom's left arm. I felt like I was just my mom's daughter. Like I didn't feel like I was Cece or have my own life or my own space carved out because we did absolutely everything together. Her opinions were my opinions, and I just really absorbed everything. I internalized everything from her. And because of that, I I learned a codependent template. I learned, oh, when you're in a relationship, you and this other person morph together, but that does not work. I learned that you and this other person will have no separate time, but that does not work. What really works is when you're able to be a full human and they're able to be a full human and you can be two full humans together. But like you said, it's not that he completes me or I complete him. I complete myself. He completes himself, and then we're able to enjoy life together. But when you put pressure on someone to have the same opinions as you, they can't hang out with their friends, they can only be with you, and it's not your fault. It's all out of fear. We can recognize that. But when you just reclaim your own life, you will be so much happier. You will feel so much better. You'll have less anxiety. So when I realized it was more about my mom than it was about him, I started to do the deep inner child work that was necessary. I started to really work with my nervous system. And maybe someone listening, they're not really sure, oh, do I have codependency? Do I have anxious attachment? One telltale sign that you'll be able to know is every time he would leave my house, even though it was to go back home or go to work, something that he has to do in order to live and survive, (laughs) I would feel so hurt every single time. I would feel so abandoned every single time. I would cry the second he would leave. And logically, I would think, okay, this doesn't really make any sense. Like, why am I so upset that he's going to work when he needs to do that in order to survive? And that's what really also helped me understand, okay, something else is going on here. Mm. Yeah, I think that is so interesting. I feel like people stay in relationships that don't serve them or even me and Jen were actually talking the other week so she was she was dating this guy and on paper and she knew that she she didn't find him that attractive like they they got on really well but like 
she just knew that she could essentially, like, he wasn't aligned with her, but because he took his love and attention away and gave it to somebody else, she started to think, oh, my God, like, maybe I do really like this guy and the attention that someone gives to you. And I think that is such a power dynamic and a lot of people do rely on it. So what advice would you give to people that, because people naturally will pull away or people will, people can change the mind and your love can't be reliant on somebody's, somebody reciprocating that all the time or somebody else's energy. So what advice would you give to that? Mm -hmm. So I think there's steps to this. And the first step I would say is you need to work on your trust with the universe, with God, with yourself. Because if you are looking in this 3D world, which is very tricky and has a lot of different things happening in it, if you're only looking at at the 3D world, the physical manifestation of your life, as evidence for purpose and trust, you're going to feel lost a lot of the time. So the first thing I would tell you to do is literally get out a pen and and piece of paper or use your phone and write out a list of all the times you thought something was going wrong, but it actually ended up working out for you. Five to 10 things, because you need to start training your mind to not only find the flowers in the mud, the silver lining, you need to start training your mind to have trust. We are born and then we get programmed. So if you don't, naturally, because you weren't programmed that way, programmed to have faith in God, then you need to start learning how. Not, I don't, I don't care what you come from. I don't care what you believe in. This is so you can manifest a life that you truly want to live. And in order to do that, you have to build up trust. So I would write down a list of the things that you thought weren't going your way. Oh, I went through a breakup, but actually it redirected me onto the the purpose that is truly for me. I found my dream job or whatever it may be. Have that list. The second thing is when you are going through something that you don't love how it's feeling, take a pause before you create meaning about how it's going to affect you. Because I think so much of the time we'll go through a breakup and we immediately say, it's because I'm not pretty enough. Or similar to what happened to your friend, someone stops giving her that love and affection and she's assuming, well, maybe I do like him or maybe it's something wrong with me. And maybe, don't maybe yourself to death. Just take a pause and say, okay, to be honest, I really don't know what's happening right now, but I'm not going to give it a negative meaning because as soon as we give a negative meaning to some circumstance, we are going to spiral. And most of the time we're lying to ourselves. So it's not even the truth. And then we're spiraling about a lie that we told ourselves. It's just crazy to do. So I would take a pause and I would say, I don't know how this is going to affect me yet. I don't know how all the dots are going to connect. I don't love this feeling, but let me just wait this out. Let me live through this. Let me go through this experience and let me observe rather than trying to absorb some meaning that I don't even know if it's true. A lot of the time we end up with the wrong people or the wrong circumstance because we gave it a meaning and then we believed that meaning. And I just personally don't think that a lot of us are living life. I think we're living through the meaning we give to life. I think that's what we see. It's almost like we have blinders on and the blinders are all the mental sticky notes of meanings that we've given to circumstance. And we're believing that over what's in front of us. So I would definitely say, make that list, 
pause before you give a meaning, let things unfold for you instead of trying to control everything. And I know we're human and I love, I know we love to control things, <laughs> but let it unfold for you and give it a couple of weeks. And then you can decide a positive meaning. When you give given it a couple of weeks, a couple of hours, give it a positive meaning because at the end of the day, whatever meaning you give it, you're going to believe. So give it a positive meaning. Just you, You're making it up anyway. So you might as well lie to yourself in a positive way and say, oh, that wasn't rejection. It was redirection. It was protection. Oh, that wasn't a setback. It's a setup. Oh, it's not a breakdown. It's a breakthrough. You might as well tell yourself something positive. Mm, I love that so much and what you were saying then about trusting the universe I have such a belief in like there's so many things working in the unseen that we don't know about and I think that you can't solve a problem in a place it was created like in your mind and I wanted to know a little bit about your your trust system like do you believe in God like what do you put your faith in because obviously I know that you are amazing at manifesting you trust everything and you believe in energy so what is the thing that you believe in and that you turn to so I feel like it's so funny but I feel like I was perfect for the position that I'm in because I grew up and my mom was Catholic and my dad was Jewish so already we had two different belief systems in the household I went to Catholic school. Then I went to a Jesuit college. So again, it's a little bit different. I studied the Bible then from a, a Jewish perspective. My brother went to Lutheran school. We had a lot of different ideas and tradition. And it ended up working in my favor because I got to taste so many different ideas so that I can take them all and develop what actually felt resonant to me. So what I rely on isn't the church, it's not an institution. I rely on my connection with God. What is God to me? God is in all loving energy that we are all a part of. I see God as the ocean and then we're the waves. So we're all connected, law of one. And to me, it makes perfect sense with quantum physics. And that's why I don't worry about every little story from any religious book. I don't get myself involved too much with any institution. I rely on my connection with God because that is what that's what makes me feel something personally. That is what allows me to feel positive, feel connected in my room. I think this is the best way to describe my relationship with God. I have a little altar. And what is my altar? It's on top of my jewelry box. Like it's not something I like built in my backyard. No, it's on top of a jewelry box. And it's just a space where I literally have I have holy water. I have rosary beads. I have pictures of the Blessed Mother, but then I have my crystals. Then I have my essential oils. Then I have my flowers. I have all these different things. And I really think that your connection with God, it has to be through you. It can't be through the ideas of other people. Other mm. people can inspire you, but I truly believe go where you feel that connection. Go where you feel the full body goosebumps because that's what's truly going to help you. There was one book that really helped me and it was, I believe it was called the, the Secret Gospel of Mary Magdalene or the Lost Gospel of Mary Magdalene. And in this book, she wrote how Mary Magdalene, if you don't know who that was, that was supposedly Jesus's girlfriend, but no one really knows. 
And apparently she also was a prostitute. That's what people said. But this whole entire book goes into detail about how she was never a prostitute, how they tried to burn the pages she wrote, which literally aligned perfectly with manifestation like seven different times, Um, how there have been different councils in the past that have rewritten the Bible a bunch of different times. So after reading that and knowing that we can't really rely on people to get across the messages that Jesus and maybe God had created for us. We have to rely on our own inner wisdom. That really just set in stone for me that I'm going to connect with God directly. And if you think about it, imagine a surgeon was telling you to write down everything he was saying in perfect detail. We wouldn't be able to do that because we're not surgeons. I don't have the same brain as a surgeon. I don't have the same understanding as a surgeon. So if that surgeon was telling me to write down the procedure, I wouldn't get it down perfectly. And that's how I see the people in our in or our ancestors, I guess you can say, the people who wrote the Bible and the people who wrote other religious texts, they might not have gotten everything down correctly because we're human and you're talking to the divine. And then it was translated and retranslated a hundred different times. So I truly just believe something that everyone can do, which is something I do, is dating the divine. That's just what I call it. But I will go somewhere in nature and I will take my notebook, I'll take a meditation on my phone, and I'll just sit there and I'll just open myself up for messages. I'll open myself up for divine inspiration, creation. I'll journal a bit about what I'm feeling. And in those moments, when I just go directly to God, directly to my angels, that's when I get my answers. And I think that's what we should all do. I think, yeah, I actually think that's amazing. And like, even connecting, I, I've really, really been tapping into that lately. Like, I think when I first started my like self-love journey, it was just nice journal prompts and, you know, just like the surface. And then I started tapping into like the actual energy of it all. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I always think things come when you need to, you need to see them. And I kept seeing videos about like calling in your angels and I was like, oh, like, I'll, I'll give it a try. Like, and it started calling them in because I always say, like, all the time, white butterflies everywhere, like, genuinely everywhere. On every day, I'll see one, even if it's winter or like on people's tattoos and things um, and numbers and everything. And whilst I'm like, oh, it's angel numbers, I do struggle sometimes to like decode them a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, since I've been actually calling in, my angels and things I've been seeing things just manifest so differently and even the connection to God like we had someone on our podcast maybe like six months ago that was talking about God and it's never something that I considered and then I seen a video about how like the universe that people use could be the mother and like God could be the father and how you don't just have to rely on one thing like Mm -hmm there's so many different things that you can believe in and like you said with your altar like you don't just have to believe in God you can believe in all the other things as well and figure out what works for you it's so true it's absolutely true and to me I think of God as like the ultimate divine masculine but I don't forget about our divine mother how could we like I it just it's interesting to me how people break it down but I always use Now, this is just because of my background. No one has to do this. But I always use 
a picture of the Blessed Mother just to be my metaphorical Divine Mother. But I also see the Divine Mother as this planet. I also see the Divine Mother as just the natural flow that flows through all of us. So I really think it's important. And I'll say this, it's super important to call on help because we are the humans on this planet. And because we are the ones who incarnated, we have the free will. So if we want a an angel or one of our spirit guides, which can be the same thing, or God to intercede on our behalf, we have to call them in. They're not going to really intercede unless something like really terrible could possibly happen, of course. But there is this whole entire book on these amazing angel stories that I actually read a bunch of stories once from on my podcast because growing up, my mom read it to me and she would always tell me these crazy stories that one of them was like this woman was walking alone um, at night and there was this man there who she felt very uncomfortable by and she started praying to her guardian angels. And the next day she found out that some other woman got attacked. So she went down to the police station thinking, oh, maybe I saw that guy. I can help them find him. And she helped them find him. And then the guy, um, the police asked, why didn't you attack the first lady? And he said, why would I attack that lady with the two huge men next to her? It was something like that. Because she called on her angels, he perceived that there was two huge men with her or a big man with her. And he didn't go near her. So every single story, there was one similarity in every single story in this angel book. And the similarity was they all asked for help. They all said, and do this however you want. Angels or spirit guides of highest truth, loving compassion, protect me, guide me right now, come around me, make sure that I'm safe, call on help. I constantly, I'm probably their most annoying subject. <laughs> I am always like, what the I'm always screaming at them, but I'd rather scream at God and my angels than be doing anything else. So it's like, just, just call on them for help and they will make a way and you will see the signs. And honestly, I feel like they, it's not that they want you to test them, but they want to show you how powerful they are. So Mm. let them, you know, call on them, say, God, show me a sign of X, Y, and Z, or show me that I'm on the right path. Give me something that is so obvious, so blatant that I won't have one cell in my body that even has a single feeling of doubt. Like be as specific as you can when asking for a sign. It's, you know what, like when you were saying that, it's so funny. I always ask for signs and sometimes when I get them, I'm like, is is this the sign? Like, do you know what I mean? I asked for something so specific. Like, for example, a couple of months ago, I was like, please give me a pink flamingo. Like, mm-hmm. so random, such yeah. a random sign, right? And then next minute, like, maybe I gave it, like, 24 hours. Then I seen a huge blow-up one. And I promise you not, like, I seen at least 40 in different... Like, I went into my best friend's house and someone had bought a flowers with a little pink flamingo like sticking out of the top someone gave me one of my mugs back that I hadn't had in years and those pink flamingos all over it I was like this is crazy like when you ask you genuinely receive it and it's so it's so so calming to know that like it isn't just you that's like working everything out have you have you got any stories where like you've truly seen it happen in your life Oh my God. Yes. I'll tell you two. So one is, it's so funny you said a pink flamingo. I always make everything pink. So I asked for a pink 
tiger once and a pink tractor and literally the tiger was the same day. Now I said this in my head. I didn't even say it out loud. I was randomly on one of my Instagrams and I saw a pink tiger the same day. And I said it in my head. So it's not like my phone heard me. And I was like, oh my God, a pink tiger. Cause why would a tiger be pink? That literally makes no sense. So I saw that. And then another time I asked to see a pink tractor. And what happened was my workout class that I usually went to, it was during COVID. And they're like, you know what? The first space, we can't do it there. So we're actually going to do it at one of the client's house. So I had to drive to a random house I've never been to before. And there was a pink tractor. There was like a farm and a pink tractor. And I was like, what? And what's so weird is across from the pink tractor was a street with my name on it. And I was like, that is really weird. So weird. I'll tell you what really, besides that, I'll tell you something that made me, I guess I'll say though, the, the realest thing we have as humans is our emotions, is our feelings, because we feel those directly. You can also ask your spirit guides to give you a feeling, to to ignite within your body a feeling of joy or hope and let them do it for you and they will help you. I think I think that's something tangible or you can also ask them create a tingling sensation in my fingers, in my feet. Create a tingling sensation in my body. Help me realize this connection is real and true. Um that's just something tangible that you can feel. But for me when um it was I was really going through it emotionally. This was during that breakup. And I was sleeping and then I wake up and of course it's like 3 a.m. But I woke up because I heard a voice say, right, right. And I'm like, what? Right, right. What are you talking about? And also, who are you? Like, who, what, what, what's going on? And so I did, I just was terrified. And I'm someone who has been afraid. I'll put in quotes, afraid of the dark since I was a baby, just because I've always been super sensitive to other energies around me. And like my grandma sees things. My mom has seen things. I try not to see things, but I feel things. Do you naturally? Do you naturally see things? I've never seen anything I hear. And this is what this story was. So I, I just ignored that. And I like 20 minutes later, I couldn't go back to sleep, but I had an idea for a song. So I wrote it down on my phone. Then I went back to sleep. I wake up that morning and I go to brush my teeth and I'm like, right, right. And then I was like, Oh my God. I was thinking it was like the directional word, like go to the right, like Beyonce's song to the left, to the left. I was like, to the right, to the right. That doesn't make any sense. But then I was like, oh, it means write it down, write down the idea you're about to get. So that was the first time I heard a spirit guide or an angel speak to me. And then from then I was like, okay, that was horrifying and really scary. I took a break after that. And then a couple months later, I was ready to get back into it. And I started to open myself up during meditation to hear them and channel. And now I feel like we're best buds and I get along with them great and they're amazing. And I channel a lot of my content. They just tell me what to say and I literally do it. Um, all, all like high vibrational things too. Like I've never heard anything that was negative or low in vibration or anything scary. It's never like that. It's always loving messages and helpful messages. Um, also that are true because I'll do a reading for someone else with Oracle cards and they're, they will be shocked at how specific it is. I'm shocked too every time. Cause I'm always like, wow, like you guys are great up there. Um, but yeah, that is how I really 
solidified my belief in them because I just practiced over and over connecting with them. And I think it's like getting to know anybody. You have to spend time with them. So Mm. if you want to get to know God, spend time in nature, spend time praying, spend time meditating, spend time in silence. If you want to get to know your spirit guides and your your angels, which again can be one and the same, spend time trying to connect with them. Spend time asking for signs. Spend time looking for the, not even looking for the angel numbers, but receiving them when they're there and opening yourself up. If you don't believe it, you don't have to, but you can just be curious instead. Like, I don't think that it's worth forcing yourself to believe anything ever. I'd rather someone just be curious and kind of just stumble into seeing what happens because then you get to build up belief for yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, like it takes time. I think, I think when you're starting your journey, like I was saying before, it started with me doing some journal prompts and then you, you come across people, I think on your path that might give you a message or give you, or tell you about an idea, for example, like even, I think that I have actually been sent the gateway portal. Is it like a document? Like a, like yes. a, yeah. Yes. And, um, it's hefty. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really long and it's about like left side, right side hemisphere. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah see, that's what I mean. Like I got sent that and this, this guy came on mine and Jen's path. Now I'll send you them if you don't have them, but <clears throat> it's these 10 tapes that are like what the like what the wealthy don't want you to know and it's all about how like your brain is a transmitter uh, and all of these and it was saying about how um really wealthy people don't use like pharmaceuticals they use um what's it called homeopathy all these Mm -hmm. crazy things like that are so interesting and I wanted to explore a little bit because we haven't really spoke about quantum physics that much on here I wanted to explore a little bit about quantum physics with you and how that can help with manifestation as well absolutely definitely send me that because I would love to hear I I love stuff like that I'm obsessed with it they are incredible like the tapes honestly like um, Brian always says like listen to them again and again and again until like Mm -hmm. they are literally etched in your mind I'll send you oh my god I'm so excited. I love stuff like that. But it is true. And and if you think about royal families, like royal families purposely would try to intermarriage with one another because they really believed that their energy of royalty was different than everyone else. And so they had to make sure the energy stayed within the family. Like that's, they all believe in that stuff, whether they're proclaiming it or not, like they all believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, that was just like another point of the history. Okay, quantum physics I'm obsessed with. So basically what quantum physics is, it's super simple. Even though it sounds crazy, it's not. The first point that anyone would have to understand is that every single thing on this planet, in this universe, even though it looks solid, it's actually down to its smallest atom is just vibrating particles. So while we perceive this world as 3D, as solid, it's actually all energy. And people are like, how is that possible? Well, for example, we are limited by our own perception and our senses. So when I take out my contacts, my whole entire world looks very blurry. Is it because the world is actually blurry or is it because I took out my contacts? So that is how you have to think about it. You have to think, okay, I am limited by my own senses and my perception. Our mind is 
limited in what it can understand. So once we understand, okay, everything's energy, then we can also understand I'm energy. And then we can understand whatever I'm broadcasting into my environment, I am also, through that broadcast, calling in things of a similar vibration. Because why law of attraction states like attracts like. So two things that are similar in vibration are always going to move towards one another and energy always seeks to expand. So if I'm broadcasting happy energy, grateful energy, I'm going to bring towards me different people, opportunities, and circumstance that match that vibration. Now, I like to just put this in here and clarify there are terrible, terrible things that happen to people. And it's not your fault if you aligned with something that's terrible. And here's why. This is what no one talks about when it comes to manifestation. And it, it bothers me because People are blaming themselves when they are they are not a victim of life, but they are a victim to a certain circumstance and energy. What happens is as we're living, we believe other people's projections. That's negative energy that starts to grow in our auric field. We become insecure because someone said something that made us feel insecure. Also, we go to certain places. We drink alcohol, for example. We have negative thoughts. When we're doing these things, and alcohol is not like in general bad, but sometimes when we're drinking alcohol, we open ourselves up to a negative entity that can attach onto us. When we watch a scary movie, we can open ourselves up to an entity that can attach onto us. When we think a negative thought, we open ourselves up to a negative entity that can attach onto us. Now, what I said before is like attracts like in all energy seeks to expand. So once that negative entity or energy is in our auric field, it's going to seek to expand. So now you're not only manifesting from your point of view, but that entity, that energy is also manifesting as part of your auric field. So then we start to align with things as children, as teenagers, as grownups that aren't good. And we're like, wait, I manifested this. I would never do this to myself. Yeah, you didn't. You don't even know it's there. You Mm -hmm. don't even know it's there. So I think it's really important for me to say that If there are negative things happening to you, yes, you have more power than you think. You can cleanse your energy. You can remove this entity. You can pluck it out like you pluck your hair. Absolutely. But you have to know it's there. And I think we just need to recognize that for what it is. And these subconscious thoughts, these entities, they are, they can act as parasites that really eat away at us. And that's why so many people are living these miserable lives because they're not manifesting consciously and they don't know what's stuck onto their their physical vessel, their emotional body, their auric field. They have no idea. So moral of the story here, if you want to start to be a conscious manifester, which is a master manifester, you want to be magnetic, you want to attract rather than chase, you have to start becoming conscious with your life. What's the first step you can take decide. It's a decision. Like your dream life really is a decision away. You have to decide that you're going to start having conscious conversations with yourself. You're going to start making decisions in the present moment rather than projecting your past into your present and your future. You're going to decide to, you're going to decide to become curious. You're going to decide to think differently. You're going to decide to try something new, go out on a limb. And once you decide to do things differently, you're going to see so quickly how differently your reality begins to mold towards you. No one needs to convince you of literally anything. 
You just need to try this for yourself and you'll see results immediately. And the more you see results, the more you can refine your thought process, the more you can release whatever it is you need to release. And I'll say this quickly. If you, I I don't want us to not be human because I don't want people to think, well, I can never have a sip of alcohol. I can never watch a scary movie. I can never do anything. No, you can be human. You came here to be human. So to deprive yourself of humanity would be just against why you're even here. It wouldn't make no sense. But something that I like to do, like when I go to a scary movie or before I go out, whatever it is, if I'm in a movie theater, I will imagine that there is a golden shield in front of me and I'll do it for the whole movie theater because I don't want anyone getting these negative entities. I'll imagine that there's a huge golden shield in front of me and everyone else and I will project that in front of my body so nothing can attach onto me. Before I go out, I will literally imagine that I'm in this little golden bubble or my white bubble. I will sometimes tap the back of my neck, tapping on my vagus nerve and say, nothing that I see will affect me. I am free. I'm a free vessel. I can choose freely and consciously. I will just set the intentions everywhere I go to be extra protected. You can always get Palo Santo and white sage and cleanse yourself. You can always work with a practitioner to help you remove these energies. So you have the power in your present moment to cleanse yourself and to completely rewire your own mind. We are fundamentally wired to heal. That's why we have extra fat in our brain. That's why we have neuroplasticity. That's why we have energy that we can release and renew. You are wired to heal. So let yourself get there. I love that so much. I think genuinely, like, we don't do that enough. I feel like I notice as well sometimes especially when I love to go out and have a drink and things, but I'm very aware. I think when you practice wellness, like you know when something isn't good for you and you know that it's not really good for your energy. Like there'll be days where like I went out for my birthday last weekend and um, I stayed in bed for two days. Like I didn't do anything Mm -hmm. good. I wasn't connecting to anything. And I feel like physically it can actually block like your kind of signal and your connection like which it it sounds a little bit deep and I love enjoying myself but I know that sometimes it isn't good for me and I feel like that's a like really good advice to genuinely set an intention before you're going out or I wanted to ask as well similar to that like do you ever kind of protect your energy against people's opinions of you especially because you're like online quite a lot and things like do you ever like believe in evil eye or protect yourself in that way against other people's energy definitely so when someone sends me a negative comment I immediately send them white light because I know that the spirit of misery loves company so Mm. the spirit of misery is always going to try to take you down and remember what does all energy love to do it wants to expand so if I let the spirit of misery through that person take me down with it I'm letting that spirit of misery win I don't even see it as like oh that's a bad person I see it as a spirit of misery working through them I think when we back up and we zoom out we can see things a little bit more clearly it has nothing to do with you know Brad online. It has to do with the spirit that's working through him. He's not conscious of it. That's why he's sending hate, but I can be. And so I will immediately send them white light so it doesn't attach onto me and and it can transmute it for me as well. I don't want negative karma either. So I'm not going to be sending out negativity to them and then going to cause something negative to happen to me too. I also think Almost daily, I will cleanse myself with white sage, 
almost daily, I'm protecting myself in a golden shield or a golden bubble. I also make sure to do at least two times a week, I'm going to hot yoga. I make sure to do practices, meditation daily that renew my own energy. Because Mm. if I am renewing my own energy, I'm able to vibrate higher and the lower vibrational stuff doesn't bother me as much. But if I'm eating bad foods, I'm drinking, I'm not taking care of my body, I'm going to be in a worse mood and I'm going to be therefore more in reach for misery to drag me down. I also think Everyone, like I hate to say this in this way because I feel like everyone is always saying this society, blah, blah, blah. But I do feel in the society, everyone wants to be understood and everyone wants to be respected. They want to be, you know, called the proper things to me. I don't care. I don't care. And I think it's the practice of maybe getting hate online before, which I'm lucky I really don't get like anything terrible ever. Um, But I think that when you need someone to respect you, you need them to validate you, you need them to understand you, you're putting them on your pedestal and you're giving Mm -hmm. them the power. Now, instead of you just living your life, you're waiting for them to fill you up. And that's not a good place to be in. It's like when you go out and you're like, I need someone to buy me a drink or else I don't look pretty tonight. Like that is putting all of your energy and your validation and your self-esteem into a stranger. It's not a good idea. So for me, I'm very conscious that I don't need you to respect me. I don't need you to understand me. And if you don't, it has no effect on me. I know that God has given me a vision. I know what's placed on my heart. I know I've been through tough things. I know I struggled. I know I've worked hard to be here. You are not taking it away from me. There is no way, no place, no dimension that I'm going to let you take that away from me. And I think it's a mindset that you have to adopt. And similar to how you go to the gym and you have to work out, you have to work out your mental muscles to get strong enough to say, no, no, I I deserve to be here. I've worked to be here. And the more you work and you put in that energy, the more you're going to feel confident in it. And Mm. so. I think it's, you know, taking a step back from society where I won't say everyone, but like a lot of people do just want to be understood and validated. And that's through our own trauma as well, feeling not validated. If you can, instead of valuing how other people see you, value your authenticity, value self-validation and talk to yourself kindly, that is the best evil eye protection you can do because it's just going to roll off your your back you're not even going to care you won't care yeah I think as well when you were saying that like that that is such a big thing we only feel valued when people value us and I think that genuinely think about your opinions of people like you've gone on a date with someone and you've not really thought that they were for you that doesn't mean that they're not an amazing person it just means that like energetically like you don't vibe with them and I think that sometimes like we don't we take that so personally and maybe we don't know our worth enough if we're like somebody that we've gone out with we're putting them on a pedestal and it's actually funny you say a pedestal when I first went through a breakup last year I like my therapist kept saying you are literally putting him here and putting you here and I would just be like, why is this happening? Why, why doesn't he love me? I don't understand. I'm I'm so hurt. Like, I'd, And honestly, I was in a terrible place for months. I feel like breakups. Now, when you were saying that, the what before, they are one of the 
and most amazing blessings because mm-hmm. at the time and no, like when I look back it was like such a process like I was doing things for show and validation and mm-hmm. I was so active on the gram and booking every trip and then actually I had to come home to myself and I was like no this isn't filling you up this isn't you need to raise your own standard of how you see yourself before anything else will change. Like you're going to attract the same person and again and again. And I think we do get given the same lessons, don't we, until we genuinely learn how to up-level and overcome them. Oh, yeah, because, you know, most of us have created this role of who we think we have to be. So maybe, you know, for a lot of us, we create the role of, I have to look to my caregiver in order to get validation. So I'm going to become a little bit of a people pleaser. And then we bring this to our relationships and we have not broken out of that role because it's like, if you've ever been to a scary movie and there's a jump scare and you're like, oh my God, because you forget that you're in a movie theater, you believe the movie. We believe our own roles. So then we get stuck in the role of, no, I, I... I have to please this other person. Why don't they love me? And when we're in that mindset of why don't they love me? Why can't they validate me? You have to flip the script and become the subject of your own life again. Instead of asking, why don't they love me? Ask yourself, why do I want someone who doesn't love me? Why do I want someone who can't see my worth? Because asking the wrong questions will never give you the right answer. You have to ask yourself the right questions and you have to flip the script. You got to flip the subject and the object and you become the subject again. Why do I want someone who can't be consistent with me? What is that showing me about me? And what you'll find is you'll take a straight path right back to your inner child and to that dynamic with you ha- that you had with that caregiver that you crave love from. These people, these boys, these girls, whoever you're dating, they will trigger things within you, but they can't trigger something if it's not already there. So that stuff, those dynamics that we're craving, it's already there. They're just something in our 3D that's triggering it. And when they're triggering it, oh my God, get excited. Because when something is triggered, it's an invitation to release that lower vibrational entity or energy that I was speaking about before. You get the opportunity to acknowledge it, release it, send it to God's white light, and you are free of it. So it's, it's a party to be triggered. It's a celebration. Invite it in. Yeah, I love that. Like when you see it's such an amazing perspective shift to see problems or negative feelings as a blessing but they are because you're overcoming yourself like it's only ever really you in Mm -hmm. in situations relationships mirrors complete mirrors aren't they and what you were saying then about inner child healing like where do people start with inner child healing Mm -hmm. so I think that first understand what your inner child is and it's basically your younger self but it's mostly made up of the parts of you that felt unseen unheard and unloved so if there's parts of you that have felt unseen unheard unloved a simple way to start to connect with your inner child is to take yourself out on a little date and do something that you would have loved to do when you were five, six, seven, eight years old. Reconnect with your inner child by tapping into your inner child's natural affinity for life. What did she love to do? Did she love to color, act, sing, and reconnect with those hobbies? That's just a way to open up the door. My favorite thing to do with my inner child is to also write 
a letter to my inner child, like dear little Cece, and update her on my life. This is everything I, I have accomplished so far. Oh my God, we had dreams of this, this, and this. For me, I remember the first time I ever saw Hannah Montana, it was like, I think that quantum leap me in itself. I was like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to <laughs> be a big inspiration. I want to do something like that. And, um, and I always write a letter to my inner child, like, we are really creating that dream life that you envisioned for yourself when you saw Hannah Montana. We are really going down that path. Like, I'm so proud that you had that vision for us. And just connect. Like, just start talking to her, you know, writing to her, uh, connecting with her through doing something that you you so love to do. And that will help you really connect to your own happiness. And you're going to start to remember your own authenticity. And plus, spending time with yourself, you also just get to know yourself and you'll gain a respect for yourself as well. Yeah, and not even not being afraid to spend time alone. Like, like you said, when you were in a relationship, all you knew was to be in that relationship. Sorry, I feel like God just entered the building. <laughs> you are shiny now. Oh my God. Yes, angel energy. Um, But yeah, like I I definitely think that there's such a blessing in spending time alone because you do like, and sometimes when you were saying that then about like going into nature and meditating, I I think sometimes I, and so do probably so many other people get so busy in like a day-to-day life, a routine, seeing people that you forget that like there's so much to be said for stillness and quiet and actually solitude. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about when you do a plank, you know, a workout when you do a plank. There is work in stillness. You know that when you're doing a plank, you feel things. So don't forget that there is work in meditation. There is work in stillness. There's work in training your brain to refocus on a divine flow rather than the chatter that you hear every single day. And I think that there's always enough time in a day to spend at least five minutes creating your dream life because that's what you're doing. There's always enough time in a day to slow down. And on the days that you think you can't, you must because those are the Mm. days you need it the absolute most. most. Even if it's five minutes, it doesn't matter. Just five minutes is enough. Yeah, it's so true. And like what you're saying then, I know the power of now, like that was one of the, that was one of my biggest shifts as well. He says in it, like it is a genuine disease like the mind that is constantly thinking is one of the biggest diseases that we all have. Like it shouldn't constantly be yammering on, but it is. (laughs) And it's our job to decide what we choose to focus on and what we choose to think about. Yeah, because our mind can either work for us or against us. So it's worth taking at least five minutes to start attuning your mind towards the positive. And like, what is the alternative? to think that nothing's happening for a reason, to think that there's no God, to think everything just sucks, that is not a fun way to live. So I just wouldn't choose that out of the purity that that sounds like it sucks. But really, if you start to just say your affirmations, and affirmations don't work unless you work them, like you do have to study Mm. them, you do have to say them daily, you do have to wire them in, and you are fundamentally wired to heal. So it will work, but it takes some something that we perceive as time, it's worth you taking back your power. It's worth you taking back your life. It's five minutes a day. It's worth, it's worth your time. I'm telling you, like it is so much, just take, even the other day I was thinking I was on just like on Instagram or TikTok or something, who knows. And I thought to myself, 
sometimes I'll go on to see like what is going on in society, just like are there trends or something as a content creator. But if you've ever seen my content, you know I don't even follow trends, but I always just see if there's something I can jump on. But I just never feel resonant with any of them. Um, but I literally thought to myself, like, what am I even doing? And I put my phone down and I got a book and I just, I read for like 30 minutes and I felt mm. so much more fulfilled. If you can just start by paying attention to your habits and saying, is this habit making me feel energized or is it making me feel depleted? If there are habits like doom scrolling that are causing you to feel depleted, just start by inserting a different different habit, like creating something instead of consuming, reading instead of just scrolling. Just start to shift some of your habits. You'll start to feel better. You'll start to manifest better just by switching up some habits. I actually think, the key, I said this the other day, but our key to quantum leaping, I feel, is embedded in our daily habits. Because every single day, those habits are replugging us into some energy. What energy are you replugging into every single day? Because that's what becomes your dominant, dominant thoughts and feelings. And those dominant thoughts and feelings, that's what's going to attract experience to you. So if you aren't living the life that you desire, are you living the habits that your desired self would be living? Mm. If not, those need to change. That is so true. Because I think genuinely, so many of our habits are so unconscious. I was actually thinking this driving the other day. I was like, isn't it crazy, right? Like millions and billions of people every single day go on Instagram, this like app that has been created that wasn't here 10 12 years ago whatever like we genuinely sit on it for hours every single person every day like it's such an unconscious habit and like if that got took away from us like we I don't think we'd know how to fill the space but obviously space will get filled space like like you said energy loves to expand like space gets filled with something and so it is so important like most of us don't realize our habits like I remember reading a book and it said track your time like genuinely track your time mm. I was on my phone for like seven hours and like mm. I'd wake up and I'd dawdle around and I was like wow like time is time is leaving me here and yeah the old like you know time is so yeah. precious it's crazy it, it, it truly is and I think that a lot of us think that we live outside of time or that we're a slave to time. And that's a very Newtonian way of thinking. But I love how Einstein put it when he said, we're not a slave to time. We're not outside of time. We're the creators of time. Time flows through us, not against us. So it's really about us thinking, how do I want to spend my day? You know, what do Mm -hmm. I want to create today? How do I want to use time as a tool rather than having to run away from it or feel confined by it. And to me, the past, the present, the future, according to quantum physics, this is what I believe also, it's all happening at the same time. That's how we can heal past triggers. That's how we can manifest the future. It's all happening now. Wow. So be here now, focus on now, your power is in the now. What do you want to create? What's going to bring you joy? Like this, I think there's like, this is the simplest quote on planet earth. I'm pretty sure. And it's just the most true. Follow your bliss. Like, I don't Mm. think there's any other way to say that. (laughs) Like, follow it, girl. And when you follow it, yeah, you'll manifest better. You'll feel better. You'll do better. That, that is how to become a master manifester. Follow that bliss. 
I love just, that. It, yeah, it's so simple. And when you said that then about like time all happening at once, it's mm-hmm. like it's so hard to wrap your little head around. But like it is, mm-hmm. it is so interesting. Like I remember reading a book and she was saying that she really needed money. And so mm-hmm. like she opened a person, she like, and money came into a person. We were all like, <laughs> like everyone didn't believe her, but she genuinely got money in her purse, in the present. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to understand and comprehend, but like there is so many things that link to each other and you go to a psychic and they know what's going to happen in the future. Like it's all on a timeline. And so that is so true. Like being a slave to just thinking that yeah, like time is a 24 hour window and all you have is now. That's so interesting. And And I also think the way to think about it is like your inner child, like we were talking about before, your inner child lives on within you there's still a five-year-old self within you physically we age every year but emotionally and mentally if you're not doing the work you don't age emotionally and mentally really maybe you learn some new stuff in school that's not aging though so your past literally your body keeps the score your past is literally within you and I always I truly believe that when I was going through my toughest times, the reason I was able to go through it, yes, is God, but also because I felt like my future self was telling me, keep going. It's going to get better. So in my present moment, I will send love to my past self and I will say, keep going. And sometimes I'll ask for my future self to send me motivation, to send me good energy, to send me an idea to help me get there because it's all happening here and in the now. It's happening through us. And I think, you know, how I was saying before, it limits us when we need people to understand us. It also limits us when we need to understand everything. We probably won't understand everything. We probably won't. You don't need to understand something to use it correctly. Like I have no idea how my car works, but I use it every day. You know, I don't know how electricity works. I turn on lights every single day. You don't need to understand everything if it's causing you to have disbelief, but you can use the tools anyway. That is so true. Because honestly, like, everyone is specialized in something you know like someone who is so who knows electricity like the back of the hand whereas you know quantum physics and I feel like Mm -hmm. we all know these different things but we're all meant to know our separate things so that we can all work together yeah absolutely we all have our little different gifts or ideas that we have within us and I truly hope that we all go after our visions because they were I believe they were placed on our heart for a reason. Mm. And that's why we're able to see it before anyone else can. And I think that perseverance, if you just never give up, it will happen. Like just never, ever, ever, ever give up. And it will happen. Because if you think about the people who don't give up, those are the people who end up manifesting everything they've ever desired because they never have disbelief in their own vision. They kept working on it. They put the effort, the action, the energy, the thought, the belief, the intention. And I think some people get maybe a little bit down when they see someone become like an overnight success in, I mean, whatever area of work that they're in, they'll see someone being really successful or like selling more houses, selling more cars, whatever it may be. And they get down and out about it. But if you can just put your horse blinders on and just focus on what's in front of you and what you want 
your path is not meant to look like anybody else's or else Mm. you would be them. You know, Mm. you're not supposed to be like someone else or else you would have incarnated as them. Like you're meant to be whoever it is you are. Use your quirks and your weird things that you do and just show up authentically because when you show up with that authentic energy, that's the most powerful pull to pull in what it is you desire. Mm. Oh, I love this so much. This has been such an amazing conversation. Like, thank you so so much for coming on. Um, thank where you for can everybody find? Where can everybody find you? They can find me on Instagram at vibin with cc. It's v i b i n with c i i c i i. They can also find my podcast on all platforms that they listen to podcasts. It's called That Bitch is Positive. And bitch stands for babe and true connection with herself or human self. I love that. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Um, And yeah, they can find me on Instagram. I always post on Instagram. I have a book coming out in November, supposedly. So yeah, so they can be on the lookout for that. Can we know what it's about? It is 10 laws of positive bitchology. And I teach you how to be a positive bitch. I teach you how to attract rather than chase. I teach you how to let go of your past, how to heal, how to connect with your inner child, your shadow self. Woo! We really do it all. We really do it all. Yeah. <laughs> I really I'm want it. getting that book. Is it, is it going to be available like in the UK and stuff? Yeah, it's going to be available Woo! globally. Yeah, I'm very excited. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I'll link everything down below and I'll definitely be buying your book. But it's been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Miracle Mindsets. If you enjoyed it, please let us know in Apple Podcast Reviews or on our Instagram, Miracle Mindsets. We love you all and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.